for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Alright man, well, welcome in to the Blitz Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by my fellow Blitz Pod member, Mr. Tyler North. How you doing, dog? Doing well, brother. Doing well. It's been a little bit of time since uh, we last did an episode together. Uh, yes, sir. It's been what, a couple months now, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, life's, life's good. Weather's getting warmer, which is always good. Obviously, football's kind of in the lull right now, but, uh, you know, draft is in two weeks from today, which is kind of exciting. Um and I know that, you know, there's still going to be some offseason things happening, you know, quarterback position, probably going to be maybe some wide receivers moved as well. So, you know, still a lot to uh, to watch here over the next couple of weeks before we get into OTAs and training camp and all. I know, man, there's plenty to cover. And it's it's crazy because all this time during the offseason, it's like, oh, like you kind of want to give and me and Jaden were talking about it for a little bit. Like you kind of want to give other sports their time of day, but you almost can't. It's not like with everything going on, it's fucking crazy, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And and like, that's the thing. It's like March, like obviously I am like March Madness. Like that's that's everything in March when it comes to a sports standpoint. And now it's like. You, know, you do pay attention to the NFL, but like baseball opening day, which I know you were uh, fortunate enough to go to with the Orioles. Congrats on that dub there. Yes. Um, we had third but, best uh, opening day record in the history of baseball, man. We most of the time, I mean, I've been going since I was little and we've won most of those games. And like for a team like the Orioles, like I said, that's the only game that matters all year. Like we an opening day. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, baseball has their time and now we're getting into NFL and we were talking about it, how the playing games were the other night for NBA and. I didn't even know until I turned it on that they were going on. So now you got NBA and NHL playoffs. But then before we know it, we're going to be getting ready. I think the schedule comes out in less than a month for the NFL. So before we know it, we'll be having preseason games and fantasy drafts and everything else. I know, bro. Fantasy drafts. That What's a good time to do the fantasy draft, do you think? What's your general rule of thumb? Because I feel like everybody has a different different idea of when they want to do their fantasy drafts. I say I, I enjoy the the week before the season starts. So like right after that last preseason game before the season starts sometime in there, just because there's injuries that happen in the preseason. Um, there's there's battles that still need to be won as well, yeah. especially like starting starting running back roles. I feel like that's something that, you know, can definitely change whether or not you're taking a guy in the third round of fantasy or in the eighth round of fantasy. Um, so those battles, you, you want to see those battles play out. But like I said, the unfortunate thing, with preseason games is injuries. So you got to see what those play out to. So that's why I'm like, wait as long as you can really and truly just because of, you know, you don't want to take your second round pick ACL, unfortunately. And, and then you're screwed the rest of the year. So I totally agree. Like if you're not doing it, the like within two weeks of the start of the season, you're not doing it right. Like the, the injuries will stack up so quick. I mean, you See guys like uh, Cam Akers. Like if you have your draft yeah. before Cam Akers last year, I mean you're fucked. J.K. Like, Dobbins. Yeah, J.K. The Dobbins. entire Ravens backfield. It always happens. Like it always. It without a doubt there will be injuries in the preseason, and you just got to right because it was it was J.K. It was J.K. Dobbins, um, Justice Hill, 
And mm. was it Gus Edwards as well? Yep. Gus the Bus. I think it was their third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy stuff. Speaking of the Ravens. Terrible situation. We got uh, Jacob McLaren in here commenting his annual Go Ravens. Uh, he's, he did the same thing last time, so appreciate that comment. And then we got a comment from RubbyF2580, <laughs> Loggenberg, uh, with three exclamation points. Yeah. So hopefully earlier, uh, dude, you got your he's snooping around. He's, yeah, he's bro. trying to be a vacuum right now. It looks like I can, uh, because you got that new that new mic set up today, man. I could hear Logger breathing earlier into the, <laughs> into the mic. Yep, yep, yep. That's him. Yeah, he's breathing. That's that. That's that advanced uh, setup you got there with the new mic. He, was, uh, he, he turned ten months yesterday, actually. Aww. So he's two months away from uh, from a year. Nice. Well, uh, he's like 80, 80 pounds. He's freaking yeah. huge. <laughs> happy, uh, happy month day, logger man. Uh, I wish you the best, my homie. But all right, so let's dive into some uh, some football, shall we, man? Do it. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So what we're gonna do is me and Tyler. We're running through more of a. We had a blitz team meeting today via group chat, and we're gonna do so. Um, as the plan sits right now. Jaden and Mitch are going to come out with a draft-specific podcast next week. And we're just going to do – we're going to stay away from the draft. We've got some draft – obviously, everything is indicative on the draft right now. So we're going to talk a little bit about it, but we're going to leave the draft experts to do their thing, the guys putting together the yeah. mock draft 5.0 and all that good stuff. More of the off-season stuff and, like, looking ahead to next yeah. year. And Big picture. Like some predictions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then I think we're planning on doing a mock draft episode the uh, the week of the draft, like that Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday before the draft, uh, where me and you are going to team up and do NFC, and those bums are going to do AFC. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I think that could be pretty fun. Um, but, yeah, you know, tonight, like I said, I'm, I'm, down, I'm, I'm excited to dive into the off-season and uh, why not start looking ahead to 2022, 2023 year? I know. Amen, man. We got uh, – so what we got on the docket is – let me take – take out my notes here man so we got so first of all uh we're gonna break down some of the big contracts that have been given out lately uh kind of a shift in the league with all these contracts we're seeing right now um we're gonna talk about some of those implications behind that some guys do for massive contracts pretty soon and how that as i was saying we were uh discussing uh big contracts guys getting paid what guys are due to be paid and then we're diving into some blockbuster trades that might happen, may or may not happen on draft day. Uh, and we got a lot of big names going around right now, man, especially with the contract situation. And then we're going to dive into some pre, pre-draft uh, predictions where we give our MVP, um, one dark horse team, one overhyped team, our division champs by division and their respective records, three wildcard teams per conference, and then some hot takes to end it all off. So, uh, let's get started, bro. Let's do it. Gosh, I'm pissed, man. We had have four fewers to start this shit. Now we got, I don't even know what we got now. But I like it's all it. good, brother. It's yeah, all good. it's all good. It is what it is. All right. So, first segment that's uh, starting us off this evening is dudes getting paid, man. Like I said, a lot of, uh, a lot of money being thrown around the league right now. I mean, it's... Definitely unprecedented, the amount of contract extensions we're seeing and the amount of money being handed out. Um, the most recent one being Derek Carr. So what was it, like two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, right? 
What, when he got signed? Yeah, uh, it might have even been less than that. Sounds I think. about right. Yeah, I think it might. It, it was either this week or last week, but it was definitely the most recent contract extension that we saw. Um, Derek Carr staying along as the Raiders quarterback. He got signed to a three-year, $121.5 million extension, and he is signed through the 2025 season. Um, he will be 35 at once he hits free agency. So uh, that's that's a hell of a deal. What, uh, what were your initial thoughts on the Derek Carr extension? The Raiders are just in a tough spot because it's like, Derek does Derek Carr give you the best opportunity to win? Or if not, who can you go out there and get that would give you a better opportunity than him to win? And unfortunately, they're stuck in a division with Herbert Mahomes and now Russell Wilson, which makes matters even worse. Um, but they kind of drafted this guy to be their franchise quarterback, and they're in the win-now mode because, like you said, it, he's 32 now. He'll be 35. Like, it's just it's 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 just a it's a tough spot for them right now because you can't just completely sell right now because you built your team around to win right now. Um, you know they went out and uh, traded for Devontae Adams. I mean, if that doesn't say that you're ready to win now, I don't know what does. So yeah, it's just it's a tough spot for them to be in. I think that Derek Carr deserves it. Um, you know what he's given not only that team but both cities between Oakland and Vegas. Um, you know he's just a great guy. Uh, so he, he well deserved on his part. Um, and like I said, I don't know where I'll say would go besides Carr to, to try and win be, w- without selling the entire franchise. Yeah, I mean, it, do you really think that Derek Carr is like not a franchise guy? I think I've, you know, I didn't think that obviously that before. I, I think he's miles above Kirk Cousins. Like I know, I know you, I mean, you probably don't have bias because of Kirk Cousins being in Minnesota, but Dude, I think he's miles ahead of Kirk Cousins. Miles. I don't know. I I really don't. I think that they're very similar in in a regard. I mean, Kirk Cousins, you know, went to the playoffs, won a playoff game with Minnesota. I mean, Derek Carr's won, what, one playoff game in his career with Oakland? And I'm not saying that, like, that is the backbreaker of them all, but I just see a lot of similarities. Like, they're both going to be consistently ranked, what, in between in between 10 and 20 but no higher than like six or seven at the most yeah like they're they're they're, they're eerily similar and where they're ranked and their things of that nature kirk cousins probably going to have more mistakes i won't deny that uh but i think he's also probably going to throw for more yards um so you get the boom and the bust with with cousins a little bit more than Carr, uh but i think they're they're eerily similar similar in that regard that's fair that's fair i think josh mcdaniels i mean I've been saying that I I believe I said this like a few weeks ago when we were talking about the Raiders. Like he would not. I mean, the guy's been in hibernation um, as in the offensive coordinator role for New England for. I mean, he could have had a job any number of these years, don't you think? So he chose to come out, and he wanted the first thing that he wanted to do was extend Derek Carr. He chose Oakland because they had a quarterback that he can see building, obviously, like a championship level roster with. So I I think if you put the right pieces around Derek Carr, because who's he really had? I mean, he was amazing with Amari, but outside of that, I mean, he hasn't had anybody. All right, so let me ask you this question: If you're not going to take, or, or, if, who who would you ta- who would you put them ahead of in the AFC West? Hmm. Who would I put them ahead of in the AFC? Like, I would probably put them ahead of the Broncos. I know that's a hot take. But I'm probably putting them ahead of the Broncos. And I really think the Chargers, 
I'll put them ahead of the Raiders, but not by much, man. Like, I think we're going to talk about our overhyped teams, and the Chargers were one of my overhyped teams for a while, um, while I was thinking through the process, just because I think they signed a lot of names in free agency, and they traded for Khalil Mack. But, like, those are... I feel like it's name value on that defense instead of, like, actually building a sound, solid defensive foundation. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I mean, I just – if if you put the Raiders, let's say, in the AFC South, I think they win that division. I just think they're in such a tough division. It, it's just – that's why it's tough for me to see. I, I would put the Chargers and the Chiefs both ahead of them. And I would flirt with putting the Broncos ahead of them as well. And that's just, unfortunately, I think it has to come down to quarterbacks. And I'm going to take the other three quarterbacks over Derek Carr. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm definitely taking, after what we saw from Russell Wilson, I get he was injured. But after what we saw from Russell Wilson at the end of last year, I'm taking Derek Carr. And it's not really close. Especially with a guy like Devontae Adams. Come on now. And it's not like they don't have chemistry. So I've got I've got faith in the Raiders, but I'm a huge fan of the Derek Carr extension. Um, Josh McDaniels chose this job because Derek Carr was the quarterback. And I think it was warranted. You know, I think it, it it made sense. Yeah, and who else are you gonna get? You know, besides that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same. I agree. It's the same Kirk Cousins level thought process. I'll say that. Um, yep. That that you aligned with Derek Carr, but all right. So. Derek Carr just got signed to that three-year extension to stay in Oakland. And then we have had a lot of other dudes get big-time money recently. We saw Stephon Diggs, former Terp, as you rep the Maryland gear on the pod live. Um, Yes, sir. Uh, But he signed a four-year, $104 million extension to stay in Buffalo through the 2027 season. He will be 35 as well at the end of his free agency, which means a lot more when it's coming to talk about wide receivers than quarterbacks, you know. But um, Devontae Adams obviously got traded to the Raiders and then signed that massive contract, which at the time was the largest contract in NFL history by a wide receiver. Um, five years, $140 million. He signed through the 2026 season. He will be 35 by the end of his free agency. Um, Do you see, with the Diggs contract and the Adams contract, do you think those are their last contracts in the NFL? Because they'll be thirty-five, you know. In yeah, it's it, I hate to bring it up once again, but it's going to depend on how healthy they can stay. I don't know if they're going to produce at the rate that they've been producing at, but like that's the thing is, I feel like the as long as the guys stay healthy, the longevity of their careers has definitely grown over the past decade or so, and it's because the technology has advanced, which has enabled you know, rehab to advance or just, you know, after a game, like the ice baths and machines and just everything is so much more advanced now to allow them to recover a lot quicker, uh, which enables them to preserve their bodies longer. So I, I do think that these guys could go to like 37, 38, maybe. I, I don't see that being out of the realm, which it's, it's crazy to think about. But yeah, I would I, I think that they, they do get one more contract. Yeah, probably something for like, I mean, Jerry Rice, he's one hell of an example, but I mean, you could, these are the, these are the caliber of players that Jerry Rice was. So I think 
definitely they could play beyond 35. It's not going to be... What do you think the length of that next contract is? What, like two years maybe? Yeah, probably. Do you want to know the most ridiculous stat ever with Jerry Rice? He, after he turned 40, after he turned 40, he had 185 catches, 2,509 yards, and 12 touchdowns. All other players in NFL history after turning 40 have a combined two catches for four yards. Wow. That is insane. And those, and those, and those two catches were by Tom Brady and Brett Favre. Yeah. And I remember you talking about that the other day in the group chat. I mean, that's just unprecedented, Insane. you know, and for a wide receiver, like a 40 year old wide receiver time, to be running routes, like, yeah. And, and during gracious. that hits across the middle and things of that nature weren't a flag, you know, they, they let those things go. So just, I mean, the fact that he could do that after 40, he's like the anomaly because nowadays, like I said, the guy's careers seem to be a little bit longer than before. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, uh, Car contract, Diggs contract, Devontae Adams contract, and then we had the Tyreek Hill contract when he got traded to Miami, and he signed a four-year, $120 million extension off of his rookie contract, um, which expires after the season, and he's now signed through 2026, and he'll be 33 when he hits free agency, so he'll definitely get another contract um, unless all hell breaks loose. Um, and then we dive into another quarterback extension, which I thought this was wild, man. Matthew Stafford, four years, $160 million to stay in L.A. Um, it was definitely warranted, just won the Super Bowl. But he signed through the 2026 season, and he will be 39 when he hits free agency. How's that, How's that contract hitting you? I mean, it's once again, like you said, it's warranted. It's like, hey, thanks for winning us the Super Bowl. We're just going to give you a shit ton of money. That's basically what that is telling me. Um, and he's their best shot at winning the Super Bowl over the next four years. They've already basically, they, when's their next draft pick? Like 2025 at this point? Their first round, first round yeah. draft pick, that is. They, they basically sold everything to win in the next two to three years. So why not add one more for four? And like I said, just give him whatever money he wants because he just won a Super Bowl. Him being 39 doesn't scare me as much as it might scare other people. Like, I, I mean, I know he his body got battered in Detroit, but I still think he can play through 39, maybe even 40, 41. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't see him making it to the 40s. We've been gifted with Tom Brady's run. Um, but I mean, he's Drew Brees, Brett Favre, Drew Brees. Uh, was Peyton? Did Peyton play till forty or no? I don't think he did play till forty. I know Brett did, but did um yeah. What? Who's the other guy you mentioned? Drew Brees. Drew Brees did. Drew Brees did. I didn't even. I'm like. I guess I forgot that for a little bit. Hey, hey, chat. If you know how long Peyton Manning or Drew Brees played yeah. till, uh, provide us with that answer. Hey man, because I'm definitely very intrigued to to see Peyton's last year was 2015. I don't feel like he was forty. Like. I don't know. Maybe he was, man. I like. I literally don't have a clue. No, I think he was thirty-nine. I'm doing the math right now. It was. He was born in 1976. Yeah, he was thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. So he was thirty-nine when he retired. Yeah, he was thirty-nine in his last year, and then Drew Brees. Let's check him out real quick. But yeah, no. Back to that. I. I think it's more of we're just gonna reward you for doing what you did and in, in winning the Super Bowl. I, and 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 if you're that and like I said, also, what else? Where else are they gonna go at quarterback? Yeah. No, I mean finding if 
this offseason has proved anything to anybody. It means if you have a quarterback, you should be very, very grateful because you're either trading for a quarterback a shit ton um, or you're just rocking with the guy you have. And then if the guy you have just won you a Super Bowl and his name is Matt Stafford, you're probably doing pretty well for yourself. <laughs> you know. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Drew Brees was also 39. Ah, I so. see. Yeah, man. I didn't think Let's he see. made it to 40. Yeah, but Brett definitely made it to 40. Um, but yeah, I think we've been spoiled. So I don't think Stafford will get a contract oh. after he hits 39. I don't, I don't think there's a shot. But he will play through that contract. I think he'll be the quarterback of the Rams for that long. How old is Ryan Fitzpatrick? Mm, that's a good question. I think... He's. I don't think he's as old as everybody thinks he is. I don't think he's in his forties yet. He just looks old. Yeah. yeah. He's thirty nine right now. Yeah. Yeah. See, all these guys sitting at 39, 40, 40 is real. The real mark. Wow. That's that's pretty weird that we've looked up th- that I've looked up three quarterbacks and three all three have been thirty nine. I know. That's forty mark. It's it's hard to hit, man. I mean, forty years old and still tossing the ball around on the national football field is insane. But um. But yeah. So uh, for sure. All right, let's move on to Deshaun Watson's contract, which really set the tempo for a ton of contracts across the league. Um, Signed a five-year, $230 million deal with the Browns after he got traded there. And that money, fully guaranteed, folks. And that is $80 million more than the previous record for fully guaranteed money. And do you have it in front of you, or do you want to? Or do you already know who the other no. contract was? What? Uh, previous record for fully guaranteed yeah. money? Yeah. Um, it was Aaron Rodgers. Well, it was Rodgers. Yeah. Three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So Rodgers got the most guaranteed money uh, earlier in the offseason. And then Deshaun Watson topped that by $80 million, which is insane. And he's now signed through the 2026 season. Um, this is like a baseball contract, man. And... This kind of leads us into our next topic of debate. Like, this this is a hell of a trend we're seeing here, man. Why are we seeing this trend now, and what does it mean for the league? Because we've had comments, uh, J.C. Treader, who's currently a free agent, but he's still the president of the NFLPA. It's crazy how a lot of these presidents of the NFLPA end up without jobs. Isn't that, they were talking about that on the Pat McAfee show, and I was like, yeah, I mean, they do, it's like all pros, all pros, all pros, and they all end up without a job, like within a couple years after they become president. So that's for sure. It's it's weird how that works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's owner run league, man. It's owner run league. I, mean, I guess. Well, I, and I guess it's also they're there to more be the voice for the players, not necessarily themselves. Um, obviously, they want to get paid themselves, but like at the same time, their top priority is what's best for the entire league and, and for all the players. Yeah, but Treader's making the argument that like there should be forty for Peyton. Yeah, was he? We looked at uh, Jaden said forty for Peyton. Was it? We looked at uh, we just looked it up. Oh, forty at the day of his retirement. I, ah, gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So did he throw a pass in the NFL at the age of 40? The answer is no. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so 
this trend with contracts, we had JC Treader comment something interesting the other day. He's kind of made a public outcry for, I mean, public outcry is a hell of a way to describe it, but uh, he's challenging agents to get more guaranteed contracts and guaranteed money for their players. And he cites the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Like this is, it was $80 million more than the record for fully guaranteed money. And it's a new trend. It's what we're going to be seeing probably now that we have the Watson contract that exists. We are going to see a whole new level of guaranteed money being handed out. So how quickly do you think this trend is going to happen? And also another trend that we've seen this offseason is players not getting paid by the teams that had them originally. Uh, they just don't have the money to hand them out the largest wide receiver contract in NFL history. So they're just like, you know what? I'm not going to play for you. Trade me to somewhere else and I'll sign the contract there. So are we going to see an NFL that's more like the NBA with players with less loyalty to their teams? Are we seeing more baseball-like contracts now with the guaranteed? What, what's happening, man? What are your, what are your thoughts? Um, I definitely think you can start seeing like the, uh, like the super teams being built. Um, but at that same time, you're not going to see the as big of contracts because if guys are wanting bigger contracts, they're not going to be able to create super teams because it's going to be more difficult unless you get them on your rookie contract. And that's the big that's where the draft really comes into play, because if you're able to, you know, get these guys on rookie contract like the Bengals right now, all those guys that they've got all their studs on offense are pretty much all on a rookie contract. And that's why they're able to, to do so well right now and then spend elsewhere because everybody's on the rookie deal. Um, the guy, you know, talking about contracts and, and fully guaranteed and things of that nature and, and leaving teams that, you know, they were currently on that they originally with and now leaving Kyler Murray. I know we're going to talk about him in a little while, but the stuff coming out about him, about not playing until he gets paid, man, that's a scary thought for Arizona because that's what all this is about right now is, you know, talking about this money. It's a lot of these situations are your franchise quarterback, Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr. I know there's the other three are wide receivers, but your, your quarterbacks are such a, a staple point. And you're seeing that where if you can't get it in the draft, you got to do it elsewhere. And that's a ton of fucking money for Deshaun Watson. But maybe it'll pay off for Cleveland. They're great elsewhere. They needed to upgrade at quarterback, and they did. So, uh, you know, we'll see. A guy hasn't thrown – it'll be 18 – months since he last played an NFL game by the time that he does play in a game. Um, but they went out and did what they had to do to put themselves in the best position to go and win a championship now. So you can't really fault him for that. But, man, it's a lot of money that they just put on the table. Yeah, so the thing, like, I mean, uh, great point about the rookie contracts. I mean, you look at Justin Herbert's contract right now. I mean, the only reason that the Chargers yeah, were able that- to spend in the offseason is because Herbert, their yeah. – main piece is on a rookie deal still you know but um and i mean a lot of the same thing applies across the league with a lot of rookie contracts but with this guaranteed money um how it works in baseball and i know this very well because we signed chris davis to a massive like seven year 200 million dollar contract and it was probably more than that but i don't have the numbers off the top of my head but it was fully guaranteed money because it's baseball and the problem that you have in baseball is if that guy doesn't work out, then he's just dead money. You have to pay him. It's guaranteed money. So if something happens with Deshaun, um, I mean, and his recent behavior is suggestion that maybe he might be into some controversial shit. Um, and that's the other reason why I thought it was just like, man, you're putting all this money into a guy that 
you know, it's been reported that he is, he's fine. He's, you know, legally speaking, not going to have any ramifications, but man, you're still putting a, I mean, there's definitely some shit that was going on that he probably shouldn't have been doing. And even though he might not face any legal charges, the the reputation and just the, the threat, you know, it's always going to be in the back of Cleveland fans and Cleveland owners minds. I know. And something like that could definitely, and like why you could have, like, I get it. Like, you had to persuade him to come to Cleveland and waive his no-trade clause, so you gave him all that guaranteed money. But out of everyone, it feels like Deshaun Watson is one of the riskiest quarterbacks to give fully guaranteed money to, like, just in general, out of the league, you know? I mean, out of the guys eligible for this type of contract, you know? But like I said, Orioles, they ended up having to just sit on Chris Davis and hope he works out for, like, six years and that could very well I mean maybe it doesn't happen with Deshaun Watson but now that we're seeing this guaranteed money handed out it could very well happen with a lot of teams and then you have a serious problem across the league you know so well and I think I think the other thing with that speaking of that is the deferred money mm. so uh, oh Mitchell said Drew Brees was 42 when he retired oh mm. uh, yeah I did my math wrong 79 to 2020 or 2021 I guess my bad, Mitch. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for pointing that out. Um, the one thing I was going to say about deferred money. So the Orioles are going to be paying Chris Davis until 2037. Now, the Mets are st- the, the most infamous situation Bonilla. is the Mets paying Bobby Bonilla. Mm-hmm. He is being paid $1 million every single July. Beginning in, I think, 2000 to 2011, he was getting $2 million, And then from 2011 to 2035, he will get another $1 million mm-hmm. every single July, which is absolutely ridiculous. But that's what I think this might start to run into is just deferred money of, of some contracts at, at some point in time. Because that's the only – NBA teams will probably end up starting doing it as well. It's the only way that they're going to be able to – the caps, the cap is there, but the cap really isn't there. And that's this is one of the examples of how you just eliminate the cap as well. But the thing is, like, first, like, a guy like Bob and Chris Davis, like, the only reason we were able to defer Chris Davis's money is because he retired. Like, you have to pay right. all of that money up front if he's still playing on your team. So, like, and Bobby Mania was the same way. So, in football, I'll give you an example. Like, you aren't going to be give, able I'll give he's going to have to retire first, you know? Von Miller. You think Von Miller is going to play all those years on his contract? No. Nah, me and Jaden were talking about that. No. Like, and like, he's probably, he's going to retire in the middle of his deal. So then they'll defer that money. Right. Can you hear me? (laughs) Technical difficulties over on uh, Tyler's side, dude. Why are you? Oh, I guess Kansas city. Yeah. I guess you're close to that. Makes sense that he got the Royals hat on for once. I don't have my Orioles hat on. I've been, Getting berated. All right, I can, I can hear you. All right, sweet. What's up, man? I was criticizing your uh, KC Royals hat real quick, Just off the dome. Von Miller, do you think? Do you think he plays out his whole contract? No, me and Jaden were talking about that. There's, there's no shot. He's going to be like 39, 38 when his contract expires. There's an example right there. So does that money get deferred? Defer that money. Yeah. So that money is going to get deferred, but it gets, it's even, it's like it's a lot bigger conversation when it's guaranteed money. Like Vaughn's wasn't like fully guaranteed or anything. So if he retires, you don't have to pay him most of his contract after that, you know, most of it, but okay. Yeah. You're, you're, you're right there, but it, it, like Matt Stafford, 
you know, maybe he don't, maybe he doesn't play out all all four years of his contract. Yeah, no, that's true. And and you were talking about the wide receivers too, Diggs and Adams, same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and gosh, thirty five. That would, that hit me crazy. Like thirty five when for wide receivers when they hit the market. Phew. I don't know if they're going to get another contract, man. We're talking about it. I think it's more. I think it's more scary for me that Diggs is going to be thirty five at in twenty twenty seven. <laughs> that means I'm going to be 35, 36. Jeez, man. It's crazy to think about. We're going to have to. Yeah, we're the same age. We're going to have to kick you off the pod once you become too much of an old head, man. Got to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Got to. Back in my day, Dante Culpepper. <laughs> you mean Dick Buckus and all those guys? The All those, all those young great. guns? <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here with that. <laughs> all right. So let's move on from the contract talk. We got a. Uh, Got a comment, and I'm sorry, man. Um, if I uh, do, you know how to pronounce it? Adroit Talk Show. That's the guy that um, Jaden's been doing the mock drafts with. I think it's Ad. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, we do, uh, got a comment. Uh, two fire emojis, and then a hot take. What what was our hot take, man? I'm curious. Well, uh, what what do you thought that was? Because we were just talking about the contracts yeah. and stuff. So just let us know when you get a chance. Interested to see what that hot take might be. Yeah. Um, but all right, let's move on to some of the guys that are due for massive contracts, very similar to the ones that have been handed out so far and that we already reviewed. So first guy in line, Debo Samuel. There's been a lot of talk about him getting his next extension and there's been talk about him possibly. I mean, I'm pretty sure that he unfollowed the 49ers on a couple of social media accounts and there's rumors that he might sit out if he does not get a contract extension. So that opens up the opportunity for him to get traded. And then the second guy I'll mention, he's further down on the list, but we got to mention it, Kyler Murray, who announced literally a couple minutes or an hour before we started the podcast that he would not be playing until he got a new contract. So he's either going to get that contract or get traded before the season starts. So we'll wait and see. Real quick, yeah. top, top, top three destinations for Kyler. Dude, I've got, I've got a saucy, I've got a saucy. Uh, I, I kind of want to save one of mine. Um, but see, you got to think about it in terms of cap space because the Saints yeah. do not have the cap space. Like I know you can make it work, but with all, I mean, he's probably going to get a contract very similar to the one Deshaun Watson just got. So you won't be able to easily maneuver that guaranteed money around as easily as you could non-guaranteed money. So the team has to have the cap space. Like it's not just like a Packers situation where they just like are like negative 30 over the right. cap during the season. Like they won't be able to do that anymore uh, with, a, uh, with a contract like Kyler. So I've got a team later on that can physically take on the cap, but some sleeper teams that I was looking at, I don't think they have the capital, but the Titans maybe? That's an interesting one. Because definitely an interesting. Because Tannehill's one. contract is up after this year, so you you would have plenty of money. Yeah. To, and he's got the receiving core around him. AJ Brown. Yeah, but but AJ's going to be due for a contract too. Yeah, that's true. They're going to be a top five team in cap space though, so they should have enough to pay because the Bills just had enough money to give Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen their extensions. So. And Von Miller. Yeah. But yeah. What contract is Derrick Henry on, though? Uh, I don't know, actually. Check it out. I'm trying to think of other guys that they would have to pay there. Not a lot. 
<laughs> outside of Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, your quarterback. Um, nobody on the line. You've got Bud Dupree on that big contract already. Um, but that's four year, fifty mil for Derrick Henry. When's it expire? Uh, signed it in 2020. Yeah, I think I vaguely end of that. The, yeah, so you'd have 2020, 2021. So he's got two more years. Damn. Okay. This year. They might not even give him an extension, considering the track record with running backs getting contracts. You know, especially at that age, he probably yep. he'll get another contract, but maybe not with Tennessee. But anyway, that's just what any any. Wildcard destinations or top of your head destinations for Kyler that you got? Dude, I know we were talking about it a little bit, but like, and I know the cap might not be there, but they could find a way to make it work. Pittsburgh just makes sense to me. <laughs> I don't know why. why? What I makes could, you I laugh? Could, <laughs> just because I know some people probably aren't going to like that, that we might know. I don't know how Jaden feels about it, but I, I just, it, it, it fits in my opinion. Um, Outside of them, I don't know. I was I was thinking about that. Maybe Seattle, but like, kind of starting from scratch again. If because I, mean, I know you, you, if if they bring him in, they're not going to be able to sign DK and and. I know him. I was throwing the potential trades earlier, like together earlier, and I couldn't even like put together a trade for the Seahawks because like why would they trade for somebody like Baker Mayfield right now or Kyler Murray right now? They just traded away Russell Wilson. They've got. Two first rounders next year, two second rounders. So they're setting themselves up for the future. Why would you? I don't see them in any world trading for Baker Mayfield or any. They should. They should really. They, they should really just run with Drew Locke this year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if they do, if if they're one of the worst teams, might work out because Bryce Young is coming out of the draft next year, and that's probably a guy that you want to go after. I know exactly. And I was thinking about that a lot when I threw together a lot of the trades that. I, we'll talk about a little later. Um, but people are going to want more capital. And I kind of centered it around this year um, just because it's more relevant, um, the picks this year. But people are going to want more picks next year, you know. And Seattle for, sure. for two, first, two firsts and two seconds for a really deep class next year. That's awesome. They're set up pretty nice. So why would you want to – you spend all – you just got all that back. And you got – ride it out with your lock for a year. But all right. So – yeah. Uh, Kyler Murray, Debo, both due for huge contracts. AJ Brown, another guy, due for a huge contract. DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, uh, which I cannot believe we have not paid him yet. Uh, Lamar, who's yet to sign his deal. Um, any others that you can think of? <sighs> I know those are the big ones. Yeah, those are the that you know are kind of that 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 quote unquote next in line. Um, to get those big contracts. I know that in a minute we'll, we'll discuss what I am looking at as the next next in line after these guys as far as who will be getting those big contract extensions. Yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead and talk about those uh, those next next guys in line. And that is, I want to we I wanted to propose this topic of debate for us. Um, how early is too early to pay your guys? Because we've got we're in an age now. I mean, Tyreek Hill just got a massive contract, and he's still on his rookie deal. Like, the amount of times that that's happened in NFL history, maybe zero, maybe. I like, I don't know, but that's I've never heard of it happening before. A guy signing a mat because usually that's not how things work. You wait, you get franchise tagged, 
and then you sign your deal. But now you could just say, hey, I'm not going to play, and then they trade you, and then you get the deal. So, Well, it's definitely become a play. Like the players are really – like you were talking about these big contracts and JC uh, Treader saying, you know, get more guaranteed contracts. That's where this is coming to play is because these guys are like, well, I just won't play then and you'll pay me eventually. Yeah. And that's literally what's happening. Yeah. No, legit. So, or, or, or let me frame that better. I'm not going to play until you pay me or you send me to somebody who will pay me. So either way, I'm getting paid. Right. It's crazy to think about now because like when Le'Veon Bell did that, it was like, oh my God, yeah. you are the worst human being on the planet. Like everyone looked at him like he was the menace. And now... People are doing it as part of like it's second nature, you know. Yeah, it's happening all the time now. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a really players-driven league where we've just given them a lot of leverage in these situations. Yeah, for sure. And they're just gonna with this guaranteed money, they're just gonna get more and more leverage. But let's dive into uh, how early is too early, man? Because the next guys on the list that I thought of that were due for big contracts, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, who are still very early on in their rookie deals. But, I mean, this is unprecedented territory that we're in. I think I think you got to start thinking about paying them. What, what about you? Justin Herbert comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Herbert's got to get a big contract too. Um, I mean, I, I agree with both those guys too. Um, and then, like, on the defensive side of things, like uh, Nick Bosa, he hasn't gotten a big deal yet, has he? I don't think so. Maybe. I mean, I, I know the injuries concerns are like a little bit there, but like he's got to be getting a contract. Noah Fant, I think got franchise tagged again. Uh, I think he was like, what, the first player ever to get franchise tagged by two teams in consecutive years or something like that? Noah Fant? Did he get tagged this year? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. Let me look that up. It, uh, Chad, if you've got an answer on that, uh, let us know for sure. The tight ends I know got tags. Njoku, Jaseki, um Dawson Knox. He did not. Yeah, I didn't think so. I don't know so. where I read that. I read something. Either way, he's he's going to be getting a contract soon, I would imagine. Um, so there's some there's you know a couple guys there, but I would say Herbert is right mm, up there with yeah Herbert uh, for with sure. Burrow. And we always have that that Burrow Herbert debate, and it's going to keep coming up for the entire rest of their careers um, because they were drafted in the same draft class and. Um, you know, they've both really worked out. Now, the other guy in that draft class, Tua, does he get one? No. <laughs> not not the kind of contracts that we're talking about in this, like, territory, you know. Correct. This year's a big year for him. Yeah, no. This is his, this is his career on the line this year. Yeah, no, if he can't do it. I mean, you have that. It's, it's a Super Bowl-ready offense. If I'm going to – I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but it's a Super Bowl-ready offense outside of Tua. Um, if he cannot yeah. do it, like I have a lot of faith into it. I think he will be able to do it. He's not going to be able to do it like a top five quarterback would. Um, but I think he'll be able to operate just well. And I talked about this with Jaden, like it's a Mike McDaniel offense. Um, Jimmy G didn't really do that much in a Mike McDaniel offense. I mean, he just did the bare minimum of what was asked of him. And if it's going to be a lot of like setting, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle up to run in space and it's going to be short passes just like it was with Jimmy G and he's going to he's just going to be doing the bare minimum he's not going to be put in a position to make these huge mistakes I mean what do you think of that yeah I mean 
that's the thing though like the chance to succeed is obviously there but like if you don't succeed then 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 miami's got to move on like there's there's no way that miami if they don't make the playoffs this year there's no way miami sticks with Tua. yeah no absolutely no No. way because they're unless unless he gets injured and then they're like oh we'll give him another shot which I said that me personally, I feel like that'd be worse for them. Like they need to find out whether or not this is worth it or not. Yeah. Cause you pretty much put all your eggs into one basket right now with everybody else that's surrounding him. You you've cemented and committed to, and now you're like, all right, if this guy doesn't work out this year, we're moving on past there. One other guy or a couple other guys um, that just that actually I was thinking about one of these guys the other day, Justin Jefferson. I know he's only going into his third year, but he is really establishing himself as top five maybe top three receiver in football he'll get a contract before burrow and chase probably for sure his well chase was last year so he that was only his first year but like cd lamb's up there as well Mm. um jerry judy's been hurt michael Pittman is another name to keep in mind Um, i'm not putting him into like the massive tyree kill Devontae adams type wide receiver but justin jefferson could definitely break the mark for the highest paid wide receiver in nfl history t higgins is up there as well. Jamar Chase's teammate. I mean, there's a lot of really good young receivers that got drafted. I think that was, yeah, that was a 2020 class when the, uh, when the Eagles basically gifted Justin <laughs> Jefferson to the Vikings. Brandon Ayuk was in that class. I'm not saying he's anything big. Um, LaVishka Chenault, um, Van Jefferson was in there. So there's a lot of really good names that, you know, aren't going to get the, those type of deals yet, but they will eventually. Um, but next, I would say the next big wide receiver to get the contract, I would say Jefferson's right up there um, just because he's a year ahead of Chase as well. Right. But I could totally see a situation where, I mean, Jamar Chase is already, he was probably one of, if not the best wide receiver prospect to come out since Calvin Johnson. And so the prospect talent is there and then he comes in and he lights it up as his rookie year. So... You can almost take this as a sure thing. Now, uh, no signs of injury concerns. Um, so maybe you just... This is Tyreek's third contract? Am I tripping? Is that true? I thought, yeah. I'm pretty sure he got an extension, right? Because he signed... Oh, you're right. Because I was looking at the um, the non-guaranteed money. The guaranteed money was all in his signing bonus. Yeah, you're right. That's... Uh, Good, good pointing that out, uh, Mr. Jaden Kozak. Appreciate you watching and keeping the host on track, uh, the producer. But um, I think with a guy like Jamar Chase, I think he could get a contract right now and nobody would say anything. Like he could get a Tyreek-level Devontae Adams contract right now, and I would not bat an eye. Would you? Mm, I still think he needs – Like I, I think – that's the thing is because we always hear the, the term sophomore slump and I need to see one more year out of him. And I know you're flirting with it because the Ravens are kind of in the same situation now. I know Lamar Jackson was one of the names. Did they wait too long to sign him? Because they could have gotten him for a lot cheaper after his first full season compared to what they're going to end up paying. him now similar situation uh, with Washington and Kirk Cousins. Now that contract, you can debate whether or not it worked out, um, you know, for Washington to not sign Kirk Cousins. But that's another example of, you know, when do you bite the bullet? When do you sign these guys? You're seeing it in baseball a lot earlier now. Mm. Guys like Wander yeah, Franco, Ronald Acuna Jr., Tatis was one as well. So they're, they're signing them at a lot earlier 
so that way the team is getting the friendly discount. But at the same time, those guys are getting guaranteed money paid right then and there. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Those are good examples to see if it does work out where signing these guys earlier on for cheaper is better. Um, or do they end up blowing up in their face? Um, so that's, you know, that those are going to be the big questions. But I think the two-year mark is when you start, like Justin Jefferson right now is at a two-year mark. So I think that's when those questions really start to develop as far as when do you sign him? Because you need to at least make sure that they can do it on a consistent basis. Like you can't have a good rookie year and then stay healthy all next year, but just not produce. There's, he's got to still produce at a high level next year. And then you start having the contracts um, conversations. I totally like understand what you're saying. Like, but I, I don't even know if you could take the risk. Like, I mean, obviously you could because you've got him on the rookie deal, but I think it would be a very smart business decision to sign Jamar Chase to a massive contract right now. Yeah. Cause like you said, you see it in baseball and obviously they're not the same thing, but it's starting to trend towards the same thing. So you want to have those guys locked up. And especially if you start giving them guaranteed money, I, and I don't think there's a lot of room for doubt with a guy like Jamar Chase. Like it's not, but like Justin Jefferson, the, yeah, there was still the big question here. Hold on. The big question here is, does Chase sign a contract? Mm, I mean, shit, if it's a, if he gets paid, like what the third, if he gets Number similar to Tyreek and Devontae, which I think he should if he signs contract today. I think, hell yeah, man. <laughs> hell yeah. See, I could see him getting like five years, 90 mil, maybe 80 mil. That's what I could see him getting right now. I can't see him getting that four for 120 or something like that right now. After this year, maybe he would, you know, be demanding that type of a contract. But right now, if the Bengals were to offer him like, five for 80 85 i think that he could possibly take that offer which would be you're right a team-friendly discount but you know that's it's a question you know whether or not he accepts their offer and vice versa and that's negotiating negotiation 101 right there obviously um but it's it's definitely an interesting question to bring about because could that be an example of somebody and then you see that trend continue on years down the road like could that set the precedent for for wide receivers coming into the league Mm -hmm. Uh, last thing I'll say, uh, Tyree Kill got a four-year, 120 mil. So I think it won't be five years, 80 mil that they would offer him. I feel like I feel like that's I mean that's a whole 40 million dollars off and within an extra year involved. I think he'll get a four-year, like 78 million dollar contract. Like I think Tyree Kill's been doing it over a, a six, seven-year span. Jamar Chase has only done it for one year. No, I I totally agree, but like. Like I said, he was one of the best wide receiver prospects to come out since Calvin Johnson, so there's not really a lot of room for doubt. Like, he's proved all the haters wrong so far. Um, like you said, there's the sophomore slump to come, possibly, but yeah, probably year, not. I'm, that, well, that's the risk that you take. Because you've also got to think about it like this. If you don't sign, I think, really and truly, they're probably trying to figure out which one do we want to go forward with, him or Higgins. Because mm. mm. you're not going to be able to keep both. They're definitely and you can going get Higgins cheapers, bro. They're... You you would think that yes, that would make the most most sense for sure. But do you have enough to pay him and Burrow, or do you have enough to pay Burrow and Higgins? Yeah, no. And then your line as well that you got to work. Yeah, about. Look, I mean, look at the Chiefs. Like nobody ever thought that they would ditch out on Tyreek, and I mean, it happened in a couple of hours once they realized they couldn't. Prime example. Yeah. So no, you got exactly. a good point there. You got a good point there. 
All right, so I want to go one by one down this list um, before we move on, and I want us just to rattle off whether or not we think that they'll sign their next massive contract with their current team or with another team. So we start with Debo Samuel. You think he signs with the Niners, or you think he signs somewhere else? I don't know if the Niners have the money to commit to him right now. I know. I think he ends up signing somewhere else. I think it might be traded and then tra- yeah. and then signed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't. I don't think he stays in in San Fran. I I think he probably ends up moving on just because of how much he's going to demand. I agree. I don't think he. They do not have enough money to sign him to the kind of contracts that Tyreek and Devontae got. He'll get a little less because I mean, like you said, they haven't proved it as much. Um, as those guys, but <laughs> at this in the same breath, I'm over here arguing for Jamar Chase to get that kind of money. But um, but yeah, so yeah, I don't think Debo's gonna stick with the stick with the Niners either for that next contract. How about AJ Brown? I think AJ Brown, I think he does end up signing that next contract in Tennessee because I think Vrabel's committed to winning there. Yeah, I think I think he definitely does. I think that. Probably end up money. moving on from Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. after this year, which, like you said, frees up some money to probably end up signing using that to sign him, and then probably look in the draft um, for your quarterback maybe next year or the year after. So yeah, I think I think AJ Brown. Now that they, I mean, Julio's not there either. I mean, he's their only. Uh, you got to have the wide receiver running back combo to compete anymore nowadays. So yeah, I think he ends up staying there. Sweet. Okay. Uh, DK DK Metcalf. I think. He's gone, man. There's no way he signs that contract in Seattle. No way. I think he gets traded draft night. Yeah, maybe. I really do. I think. I really do. I think it's. I think DK might stick around uh, for this season. Um, I think Tyler Lockett gets dealt on draft night for sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll put it to you like this: one of the two gets traded draft night. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully we see some. I, I agree with that. Yeah. If it's not DK, I do think Lockett does get traded. I, I agree with that. Um, so no, I do not think he ends up staying there. All right, Terry McLaurin. Uh, I think he does end up staying because it sounds like we're pretty committed, even though we haven't had a whole ton of talks. It sounds like we're pretty committed to signing, and we've got him in all our promotional stuff. Like he's, we just need to get it done. What do you what What do you say? Five for eighty? Five for ninety? Oh no, bro! It's gonna be more than that. It's gonna be like you think? Yeah, it's gonna be like four. What do you think he is top? Do you think he's top fifteen? Oh yeah, top fifteen wide receiver in the do league. He- yeah. You think he's top 10? All right. Uh, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, uh, Justin Jefferson, um, Diggs. Uh, A.J. Brown. See, that's when you start to get into questionable territory, you know? Debo. Debo. Jamar Chase. Debo. Jamar Chase. Um, Mike Evans. Yeah. Chris Godwin. Mm-mm, not Godwin. Um, uh, how about CD Lamb, Amari? No, um, I think he's better than both those guys. It, he just hasn't had a quarterback. Like, imagine. Oh, Keenan Allen. He's Allen Robinson in a younger form. Keenan Allen. Yeah, Ke- uh, yeah, I probably put him above. So there's probably he's in that range. He's in that top fifty. He's definitely top fifteen, if not top ten. Like, I think he's DJ Moore. I think Terry McLaurin's probably. A I think he's. I think he's player. right there with DJ Moore. You know, I was looking it up. You know that two ter- former Terps wide receivers, two of them are in the top five 
highest paid wide receivers in the NFL. Dude, I saw that same kind of stat the other day, but it was not just regarding wide receivers. It was regarding like, because JC Jackson got that contract this offseason too. It, it was like Maryland has like a top three most money in the NFL right now as far as like per player basis. Cool. Yeah, I know. Pretty cool, man. Maryland on the come up. Yeah. Yeah, Diggs, Diggs was four and DJ was five. So it was, it was pretty cool to see. Lockett's contract is so bad they can't trade him. I don't know. Like, I mean, it is bad, but yeah, it, he's still it, a good it's player. A bad deal. He's still good, though, you know? Like, if he were just sitting on his hands on that money. Uh, Ruby. Rubby. However you What's up, Rubs? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad. And But DK hasn't got his contract yet, so... That's it. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was like I thought it was like four years sixty five, but it's like four years seventy mil. I think that's a rough one. Yeah, it is a rough one. Um, he doesn't have like I think he has like three years left. Um, I think he his contract ends when he's like thirty one, thirty two. Um, I think I was looking at it earlier, but yeah, I think Terry McLaurin stays in Washington and signs his deal. What you think? Uh, I agree with that as well. I think I think they they are committed to him. He'll hit free agency in twenty twenty six. Tyler Lockett will. Mm, okay, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I think I think McLaurin stays. I think he's kind of a centerpiece that they want to build around. Um, I, I know they're going to want to keep Gibson as long as they can with him, but running backs, you know, they're so fragile. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long he stays there, and then. We'll see what happens with Carson Wentz, you know, whether or not they want to stick with him or if this is just kind of a another notch on the belt of Washington quarterbacks and then they decide to go into the draft next year, the year after. Um, so I, I think that it has to start with McLaurin um, as being a vital piece. And he seems like he's a big locker room presence too. And, you know, pairing him up with a healthy Curtis Samuel this year, I think, you know, their offense actually could be could be solid, especially in a division that, it's winnable for sure. If Carson Wentz plays like he did last year, I think we make the playoffs. If our defense plays like it should, though, and needs to play like the it NFC should. is so bad, and the NFC East is also very bad. Like Dallas did nothing this offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they uh, Philly, Dallas. Philly, they've got their own question marks there. The Giants have a ton of question marks. Uh, yeah, Robbie said, uh, "What's good, boys? Keep killing it." Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Rubs up. Yeah. Loggers passed out, or else I'd, uh, I'd bring him over so you could see him. What did he call him? He's finally calmed down. Rubs? Uh, yeah, what did he call him earlier? The law. He said uh, Loggenberg. Loggenberg. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. Uh, but then he just said, it's the dead money if they trade him. That's the issue. Yeah, no, that's true, because Seattle would be eating that, probably. But what if they don't? Because I've got a team that can eat a lot of that contract in a proposed trade in the blockbuster section that we got coming up. So, and I think that team could trade for either DK or Tyler and let's hop into it. Yeah. All right. So let's, um, real cause, cause the only other person that we had to discuss was Lamar. I think he's staying in Baltimore. I think Baltimore does whatever they need to do to keep him there. I don't think it's really a question. It just for a Raven to, to be a Ravens fan, it just kind of sucks. Cause you knew that this was this day was going to happen, and it's just probably two to three years too late. Mm-hmm. Which that brings up the question that we saw that we started with is when do you start to sign these guys? Yeah, no, exactly. I think he stays in Baltimore too. Uh, seems pretty motivated to stay there. And Kyler, I think he leaves. 
You? Yeah, I think after the news today, I, I there's no way he can return unless, once again, they can give him the money. And this is another example of a player that just simply demands the money and gets what he wants. It's almost like they're spoiled kids anymore. <laughs> but at the same time, they do deserve this money at, 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 in, in situations. And, Multi-million um, dollar children. It, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what they are. Some of them decide to run off to massage parlors left and right, but hey. And dudes like Kyler literally run around like he's a toddler on the field. Yes, <laughs> he does. You know, I, I still think about this question to this day, and I know that he's gotten a, a lot of guaranteed money for being the number one pick, but like, do you think Kyler should have went baseball? Like, I'm just starting to to think about it more and more. Dude, and, you know, we'll see what he, he does this year. Whether that's, he could still go baseball. I know he could. Yeah. He could still go baseball. Like he could, and, and he would still be good. Yeah, I mean, he'd have to make it through. But he's a young guy. I mean, he could definitely still. I mean, it's a hell of a lot harder than uh, than making your way in the NFL. I feel like for yeah, sure because you got a lot more steps. Yeah, you got to make it through the whole minors. But um, the guaranteed money is there with the NFL. But like if like he was the number seven overall pick, like if you're that high of a pick, the odds that you make it, I'm not gonna say are like seven like I, I would probably put it about 65 70 percent actually that you make the majors if if you were drafted in the top 10 i would say six out of every top 10 picks make the majors he's getting started a little late in the process they don't usually like that they like to sure. teach their guys at a young age but um i mean he hasn't learned any baseball knowledge since leaving the sport so it's not like but this is but this is why he chose the nfl is for the guaranteed aspect because once you're drafted it's like boom here you go and now he's going to get a big contract whether or not it's this year yeah. or it probably has to be this year that he and gets that's a big why contract, baseball gives out those guaranteed contracts because once you make it, once you make it to the show and you're solidified in the show, you deserve that contract. Exactly. So, all right. So you, you alluded to it, and I've alluded to it multiple times throughout the pod. Um, we're doing a blockbuster trades section that could happen on draft night, and for this, uh, I ran a bunch of ideas, and a lot of these are off the wall. I will say that, but there's definitely a lot to talk about. Um, at least the destinations I feel like are pretty sexy. Um, but for this, went through the uh, PFF mock draft simulator, which they've got. It's basically the NBA trade machine on ESPN for the NFL, um, where you can trade picks and trade players and see how they would, uh, what the percentage is that they would be accepted. Uh, what are the odds of that? And for these, I only did trades that had a greater than eighty percent chance of being accepted. So these are solidified trades i guess um pretty likely to be accepted but then again it's just an algorithm that they're using so all right and also disclaimer i only did trades that make sense with the present cap situation like kyler murray to the saints does not make sense with the current cap situation like they just with the guaranteed money we've talked about it, with the guaranteed money giving out there's no way that you would be able to manipulate that and kyler's gonna get that huge guaranteed contract like deshaun did Maybe even more. Um, so, all right. With that disclaimer out of the way, let's dive into it. So, the first one we got on the docket is Kyler Murray. And like we've been talking about, he will not play a game in a Cardinals uniform until he gets his bag. So, he's either going to get that bag in Arizona or somewhere else. So, he could very potentially be dealt on draft night. So, I'll throw this out to you, man. Here's the, uh, here's the proposal that I threw together. So, the Falcons end up putting their toes in the water for Kyler Murray. They end up with just Kyler Murray. And in return, the Cardinals receive the number eight pick, 
Calvin Ridley and a 2022 or a 2023 second and third round pick and then a 2024 fourth round pick. So Falcons get Kyler, Cardinals get the number eight pick this year, Calvin Ridley, uh, second and a third in 2023, and a fourth round pick in 2024. What you think about that? Because the Falcons are in position for they're in position for a quarterback, and they are one of My the only teams question. that need a quarterback that can actually pay that kind of contract that he's going to get. So, for sure, I mean the, the destination makes sense. My biggest question is going to be if you're the Cardinals, what do what do you view you're getting from Calvin Ridley? Do you think you're getting 1,200 yards? Yeah, ten nine nine ten touchdowns. I mean, who's your quarterback that's going to yeah. be thrown to him? That's you know, there, those are a lot of questions right there. Um, if you think that you're going to get Calvin Ridley, I would put that the equivalent to, you know, the production that you would get probably from a wide receiver in this year or next year's class. Um, so you're basically, it's basically, it's kind of looking like two first round picks. It's just a huge question mark of whether or not Ridley is going to come back, but that's obviously what the Cardinals are thinking that we're going to, we think that we're going to get a top 15 and that's another wide receiver that we we didn't mention. Mm-hmm. Top 15, top 20 wide receiver. That's what we're envisioning we're getting with this trade. It's a huge risk, though, because you're taking a guy that isn't going to play football this year. Um, but I think that he is a guy that can continue working out. I think that he'll be fine. I, I don't I don't think this will hamper his – I'm hoping this won't hamper his career uh, a lot because um, I'd, I'd love to see him come back and, and do really well. But I, I just wonder if you're the Cardinals – why not try and maybe I, I I would switch I would try and switch that second in 2023 to a first. I think if you can get two first and Ridley out of it, you're getting a haul back. That's that's what you want. You the, the first round picks because what you're also getting is is you're gonna get it from the Falcons. See, I tried team. like I tried but do it messing around with the first round picks. Outside of the, if you try to throw multiple first round picks in, I tried, and PFF is strongly against that. Which I could definitely see Kyler going for two firsts for sure. But if you're throwing out the eight overall pick already, I mean, bro, that's pretty high capital. The Texans, the Texans got three first round picks for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you're right. You don't think that they can get two, the Cardinals? You don't think that they can get two out of this with Kyler Murray? The last time we saw Kyler Murray play, it was trash. You know? He was trash. But wouldn't you but, – but wouldn't you – okay, that's the last time he played. But wouldn't no, you not just the this, last time like he stepped on a football field. Like the second half of the season, he <laughs> free-falled out of the MVP race. I mean, he was not good. So Deshaun Watson is better than Kyler Murray is what you're saying? Yeah. Do you think it's by a lot? I mean, we don't know. Deshaun Watson didn't even play football last year. So that's another thing that you don't know about. The you last time he the did, he played good football. But it's three first round picks is what you gave up to get a guy that has that when he plays in his first game, it will be his first game in 18 months. At least Kyler played last year. And he was for the first eight to 10 weeks of the season. He was right there at the top in the MVP race. Do you, maybe a different coach helps him out. Maybe going away from Kingsbury will help Kyler out. I don't know. I just I think that there is upside with Kyler. I, I think that he showcased how good of a quarterback he can be. Um, whether he will or not, you know, remains to be seen. But I think that you could. I think you could flip that second in twenty twenty three to a first, and and I would I would bite the bullet on that trade. I think. Yeah, if you can, hundred percent. 
Um, but you mentioned you get Calvin Ridley, and then with that number eight pick, uh, you could either you could either take this package that you get and maybe trade the number eight overall pick for a high pick next year, so you can get a really good quarterback to throw to Calvin Ridley. Um, predicting the number one pick next year would be pretty rough because Stroud and Bryce Young or uh, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are going one and two next year. So you'd have to have. A yeah, I was going to say pick. I can't. Stroud is eligible for the draft next year, yep. right? Okay. Yep. I couldn't remember if he was eligible or not. Mm-hmm. Yep. So those guys are going to go one and two. So you have to have a top two pick. Um, so it'd be pretty hard to like figure out who that's going to be. Um, <laughs> taking a shot at the Texans can't hurt. But uh, maybe you could turn that number eight overall pick into a first round pick next year. But you could also draft a quarterback with eight if you feel confident. If- you could also trade back and pick up more first round picks if you wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I would, I, both quarterbacks next year are better than all the quarterbacks in this year's class. I would take Bryce Young and CJ Stroud over any quarterback in this draft without a doubt. Yeah. And that's the thing where I just, if I'm teams right now, I just, I wouldn't push, I wouldn't push the, the, the message as far as going to get a quarterback in the draft this year. Like I'm, I, I just, I do not see much from this quarterback class. Nah. Who was the class with, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, RIP, and 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 one other guy, right? There were three quarterbacks that were who was the other quarterback that was drafted that year? Was it Trubisky? No, he was with Deshaun and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you're right. Um Danny Dimes, Dwayne. No, those were the top two quarterbacks off the board. I'm pretty sure. Because right, that's 2019. That's what type of draft I could see with this draft class. You know, is a lot of people have been shitting on these quarterback prospect or like prospects. If you go back, and- bro, I've been shitting on them. Oh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was the other oh yeah, one. Right. enough. Um, but yeah, it's hard to forget or it's easy to forget because he went one. But um, right. Yeah. But what? God, what was I gonna say? What was that? What were we just talking about? <laughs> um, we were talking about Daniel Jones, uh, comparing it to this year's class and shitting all over. Oh, this year's class. so a lot of people want to shit on this year's class, bro. If you go and I have the screenshots because I was going to talk about it on a podcast a while back, but I decided to ditch it. Like, if you look at the prospect grades of guys like Justin Herbert, uh, guys like uh, I don't know, the Justin Herbert was the one that stood out, but like Justin Herbert's draft grade well aligned with the draft grades for the guys coming out this year. So, and you remember back, Justin Herbert had his questions, but there could sure, be a guy. had the like, upside. It's the same thing with Josh Allen. Josh Allen had his questions, but he had, but he had the, the upside. Like, I'm sorry, but I know we talked about Carolina as being a possibility with this, but like, I just, in my opinion, I just don't see Kenny Pickett as an NFL starting quarterback. He might be for a year or two because the team needs it. But I can't see over a five-year span him maintaining a starting quarterback job. And you can take that and and uh, you know screenshot it, take it or to do the whatever bank. you want with that. Because <laughs> I, I take it to the bank. I will stand by that opinion. I will not waver. I do not think that in 2026, Kenny Pickett will be an NFL starting quarterback. You heard it here first. Nice. All right. Fair. Uh, but how about a guy and like then, Malik? And, and he might be the first one. Malik Wills is the only one that I can really see. Matt Corral, maybe coming off a devastating injury it depends and the other thing is it does it does depend but a lot on of these questions like we had a lot of situations. questions like now that we see justin herbert with the cannon arm in the nfl it's easy to say like oh yeah he had that potential though like yeah it's easy to say that but when nobody was saying that 
when he was drafted. Like the concerns outweighed the potential. So for sure, but I didn't like I didn't see much from. Once again, we're bringing this up: Daniel Jones and and Dwayne Haskins. Like I thought, there was absolutely bust potential with both of those guys. I think a lot of people probably did, and I think that people probably thought. I mean, think about this: you took this is my thing. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, those are guys that can go to franchises and don't have to be in a system where it has to work for them. They can make it work for them. I think these guys in this draft class have to go to a situation where it is fit for them to win because they're not going to be able to go and win on their like own. Like a Mac Jones. It has to come it has to come down to fit with these guys. And if you force them into a situation um like Kenny Pickett in Carolina or it really I hate to be like this. I love my love my boy Marshall and I love my Panthers fans, but like any quarterback that goes to Carolina right now, I just I have a hard time envisioning them being successful over the next 4 or 5 years. Yeah, with one of these quarterbacks for sure, for sure. All right. Uh, either way, those guys, they're going to take time to develop. It's not going to be, I mean, it could be Justin Herbert, sure. but, um, like you said, the only guy with the Justin Herbert potential is Malik Willis. I agree with that, but it's not like the gap is that huge. We'll say that. All right. He's got the most upside yeah. out of any quarterback in this draft. For sure. For sure. All right. Let's move on to, uh, from the, uh, Kyler Murray talk. Uh, Kyler Murray possibly headed to the Falcons in a blockbuster trade, including the number eight overall pick in Calvin Ridley. Maybe. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, but the next trade we got um, is for Mr. Debo Samuel, who we were talking about. Recently unfollowed his 49ers on multiple social media accounts, so he might not be playing until he gets paid. So he might be dealt on draft night. And a team that I've heard uh, in the running for or like here and there, not even like officially, but teams that would consider a guy like Debo Samuel, the Colts. And I have a Colts trade offer put together right here. And I was surprised um, because I could not get load a first onto this. Uh, Tyreek got a first. Uh, Devontae got a first. But I couldn't seem PFF. I couldn't get PFF to agree with a first. Um, but I think there will be a first included in a Debo Samuel trade. But this is the one that I threw together on PFF. So the Colts get Debo Samuel. And the 49ers get center Ryan Kelly, who's one of the better centers in the league, and they need serious help on their interior line. They've got Alex Mack there um, playing center, but he's only signed for uh, through next season, and he's also 37, okay. 38 now. Yeah, so, I was going to say he's up there in age for sure. Yeah, so Ryan Kelly would definitely be a significant replacement over Mack, and you could just cut Mack if you wanted to. Um, but, yeah, so the 49ers get Ryan Kelly, fill in their center hole. Um, and they get the 2022 second round pick, uh, which is 42nd. Um, and then they get the 2023 sixth and seventh round picks from the Colts. So Debo Samuel for Ryan Kelly, this year's second and next year's sixth and seventh. What you think? Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Absolutely. Colts need a receiver, uh, to, to go with. Uh, Michael Pittman. I mean, if they were to get him, that would be nice with Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, um, and Debo. And I mean, that would be a really nice four. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. And that's the one thing that you talked about, you know, is the cap situation with all these teams. You have to take that into consideration when you're making these trades because these guys that are getting traded to these teams 
are going to be looking to have long-term contracts from that, you know? So, um, yeah, it makes sense. Ryan Kelly, like you said, one of the best centers, if not the best center in the league, and, and you're getting him still in his prime. Um, that That's absolutely, you know, something that would be a very nice return for them. Second round pick, I know that it's 42nd overall. It's still pretty high up there. You know, that's in the top 10, I think, of the second round, um, which is very nice to have as well. So I think this is a very even trade, 2023, 6th and 7th. Um, you know, we'll see what can happen there. I would, you know, see if I could bump one of those picks up, like instead of the 7th, maybe getting a 5th. Um, if you could do that, I think that that would be a really nice haul for the for the 49ers back. But I don't think that this is a bad haul by any means. I think that you've got a guy that's disgruntled, that wants to move on, that doesn't want to play for you, and you're getting pieces that you can use to, to not only – replace him, um, but just make your team better. Uh, so I think that the the trade makes sense. I would, you know, I would call it even for both teams on that one. Yeah, I think, I mean, something the 49ers, and they've needed it for a while, is interior offensive line help. They've needed that for basically like two or three years now. And with the absence, you got Tomlinson headed out in free agency, so he's off that line now. So all you got, all you really got is Trent Williams um, as your Right. Big guy. So, and adding Ryan, Ryan Kelly, um, uh, the Colts might be a little unwilling to depart with Ryan Kelly, but if you're getting Debo Samuel in return, uh, I think you're pretty damn happy. So, yeah, I think the trade makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, and that's that's the thing. You got to give a little to get a little, um, you know, <clears throat> with all these trades. So, and he was a first yeah, for it. I like it. He's though. a former uh, former first rounder himself. So you're basically getting a first rounder and he's still, I think he's 28. So you've got plenty of playing years left with him. And then you pair that with the second, I mean, who gives a shit about the sixth and seventh, but you pair that with a second, like you said, a relatively high second, uh, the 10th overall pick in the second round. Solid stuff. Yeah. You know, so for sure. For sure. All right, let's move on to the next deal that I threw together on PFF. And that is the Tyler Lockett deal. Um, this could also apply to D, uh, DK Metcalf. Um, the uh, the team that I'm going to talk about has plenty of space to deal with um, either guy. But um, DK would obviously go for a little bit of bigger price tag. But let's dive into it. So Tyler Lockett, the Bears end up getting in on Tyler Lockett and the sweepstakes. They get Tyler Lockett. The Seahawks get a 2022 third and fifth round pick and a 2023 fifth round pick. What are your thoughts? Because uh, so the reason I had I originally had DK slated to go to Chicago, and that could very well happen. But Chicago, I mean, they do have a new regime there, but with they could not do anything with a guy like Allen Robinson, who wasn't that deep threat. But they could do a lot with a guy like Darnell Mooney, who was that deep threat. So Tyler Lockett, very similar play style to Darnell Mooney. So if you're looking to take shots down the field. A guy like Tyler Lockett would be a decently nice addition to add to that kind of play style, you know. But I could easily see DK headed here too. Um, you pair a superstar wide receiver with your rookie quarterback, and I know that didn't work very well with Allen Robinson, but now you've got Nagy out of town. I think it works a little better. They've got plenty of cap space. And the Bears, I don't think they're going to sit on their hands for a while. Like, the Bears are used to competing. Um, I don't care if it's a new regime. So they're going to want to get back into contention pretty quickly. And I think a trade like this puts them, I mean, into the conversation a little bit. What do you think? No. <laughs> no. 
I have no I have no idea what direction this team is going in. They made they have a they lot of didn't space. anybody. I will say that. They they signed their biggest signings were Byron Pringle and Equinomius St. Brown. Yeah. That's that's not going to do it. I mean, I I feel so bad for Justin Fields cuz I have no idea what direction this this team and this franchise is going right now. Even if you bring in Tyler Lockett, I mean, what's that doing? Like who like like Rub said, you know, who wants to take on that contract? <coughs> that's just a, it's, it's a nightmare in the making. And I don't know. And they just cleared all those bad contracts off their books, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you're looking at a, a long-term perspective, what does Tyler Lockett bring from a long-term perspective? Like I, I would look at, I understand the deep ball aspect, like you said, with Darnell Mooney, and that's why you would want to bring him in for that. But like, I, I, I would rather have DK. I know you got to give up a little bit more, but like, wouldn't you say that DK can, and Allen Robinson's play styles are pretty similar, though? Um, Allen Robinson's better route runner. Yeah, but like in general, pretty <laughs> pretty similar, you know. And yeah, I mean they're they're physical they're they're physical bodied wide receivers. Yeah. They're your Alshon Jeffrey type receivers. Yeah, that's that they're not going to blaze past you with their speed. Other DK, yeah, I know. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Ask Buddha Baker about that one. Um. <laughs> No, yeah, I think that they've, you know, he's definitely got the possibility of doing that. I just, I see DK more on your team three to four years from now, rather than I see Lockett being an integral part of your team three, four, three to four years from now. Okay. Um. So do you think, let's say it is DK, do you think the Bears are a realistic destination? I just, either, like I said, either one. I just, I don't know what direction this team's going. Like you drafted Justin Fields, Fields to build around Justin Fields and you've done nothing this and if you trade for DK, going, though, you could give him a huge contract and then start that building process and got plenty of cap to do it. You can. What's their line like? I'm pretty sure their line isn't all that great either. I mean, that's that's what you've got to look at to, to start with, in my opinion, to, to really you know protect your quarterback. That's concern number one and obviously a target for him to throw to, which would be DK more so than Lockett. Like Lockett's not all Lockett's going to do is blaze past you like that's it. That's the only thing that he has to offer, really, in my mind. Like, DK can go slants, back shoulder. He can do jump balls in the end. Like, things like that. He's just more athletic as a receiver, and that's why I I think he would be a better fit for the Bears because you can always go out and get a speedster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and they already have one in Darnell Mooney. So and I just, having a guy like DK right, to offset I, that would. Right. Yeah. And I just don't know why you would want to take on that contract. I know that you're only giving up a third of fit, third and two fifths, but like, I just wouldn't want to take that contract on. But like you said, they've got a ton of caps space, so I mean, they definitely could. Uh, the trade deal would look pretty similar. I was messing around with the DK trade for the Bears, and it would look pretty similar. The package, uh, a little more, but nothing too crazy. So, yeah, I could see DK to Chicago being a definite possibility for sure. <laughs> And if not, is DK still on his DK still on his rookie deal? Right? Yeah, so he's looking to get paid. Yeah, you know, so okay. All right, the last trade or potential trade blockbuster that could happen. Two more. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. I didn't scroll down, but yeah, two more. So, uh, the second to last blockbuster trade that we have to potentially happen on draft night is Christian McCaffrey and my team to. Enter the sweepstakes for CMC, the 49ers, man. So I've got the 49ers getting CMC, and the Panthers get, in return, a 2022 third-round pick 
and 2023 pair of seventh rounders. The value on Christian McCaffrey, not very high in the eyes of PFF, but it makes sense because Christian McCaffrey has proved to be very injury prone so far. But dude, imagine Christian McCaffrey in a Kyle Shanahan offense. Like, I know Mike McDaniel was the offensive coordinator last year, but it's it's Kyle Shanahan's show. Like, it's going to look very similar. And the amount of things that he'd be able to do with Christian McCaffrey, I mean, just look at what he did with, uh, with Debo, you know? Imagine what he could do with a Swiss Army knife like Christian McCaffrey. I know you've already got Elijah Mitchell there, but you would probably prefer a... And Trey Sermon. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to call that an option, um, I think. <laughs> I mean, he was out all last year. You never know. Yeah, I mean, they didn't like him at all. Like they liked Jamichael Hasey better. They liked Elijah Mitchell a hell of a lot better, and then they liked Jeff Wilson better too. He was I mean, the fourth guy yeah. on the depth chart. Yeah, like McCaffrey obviously brings a completely new and dynamic piece, and I'm not going to say he replaces Debo but he gives you that sort of player where you can just get him the ball and he can do special things and you can design your offense around him and him and Trey Lance in a backfield yeah that that sounds great but can McCaffrey stay healthy that's the biggest the biggest contract I mean the the biggest question with him and taking on this contract you know that is 64 million dollars it's just it's it's a big ask especially when you're shipping a guy that you could give that $64 million to in Debo Samuel. So that's, you know, that's the question that they're going to be asked with. If this were to present itself is, you know, would we rather just pay Debo and keep him here? Or do we want to take us, take a chance and go after McCaffrey? Um, what were the return on that? I think it was two thirds and a fifth, uh, one third and a pair of sevens. Pair of seven. Yeah. You're, you know, Panthers aren't getting much, which, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of tied right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and McCaffrey's got what, two more years. Now he's got, Wow, he's got three more years. Wow, he's got a huge contract on his hand. Who, CMC? Yeah, and that's why they obviously wouldn't get that much of a haul because the contract is so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Panthers are kind of – they got kind of got their hands tied in this situation. Um, what do you think of it? I like it a lot. Uh, Rubby? I can't decide if it's – yeah, yeah Rubs. He just said 49ers would be electric. Yeah, dude, like I – I was thinking of possible destinations for him, and I was trying to think of teams without running backs, but then I thought, like, oh, my gosh, like, CMC and a Kyle Shanahan offense would be electric. I think I think it's a perfect fit. Like, I get your point with, okay, you're going to dive in on a contract for Christian McCaffrey, but then dip out on the money that you would have given to Debo, but the 49ers pride themselves on the run game. Like, they turned Debo Samuel into a running back last year. <laughs> and Christian McC- For sure. Like, his strength is running, like, being a running back, but he can also play wide receiver, CMC. It's the opposite for Debo. But you pride yourself on the running game in San Fran. So I think you would value a guy, if he could stay healthy, like CMC over Debo. Where else could he go besides there? I was just thinking maybe the Bears. Um, as a possible Dave Montgomery, I feel like they're pretty solidified yeah. into him. Um, what other destinations would make sense? Texans, yeah, I know. I saw the Texans, but I was like, yeah, good luck. I mean, Dolph- Dolphins probably can't take that on, and Dolphins just got Chase Edmonds, somebody in free agency, and Kenyon, or no, not Kenyon Drake. Who's the other guy? Oh, Raheem Mostert. I was gonna say, I knew it was a 49ers running back, I couldn't remember who it was, but it was Mostert, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's you know. 
options are very, very slim for where he could go. And the Ravens crossed my mind uh, briefly. Uh, I know. Yeah, that's an interesting one because they don't really have the receiving threats to compliment Lamar. So if I know they've got JK, but if you get that one, two punch with CMC and JK and you're already so strong right. in the running game, how it is, so you both guys would get plenty of touches. What about the Patriots? See, the Patriots are in a good spot as far as cap goes too for the next couple of years. Um, they've, they've been really flying under the radar this year. They haven't really done much in as far as the offseason because they made splashes last yeah, year. Yeah, they didn't have um, anything. But but right, but this year they've they've just really flown under the radar. Um, the Bills, maybe the Bills could be a possibility for McCaffrey. I thought I don't about that. They don't have yeah, they those. don't have a cap for it. I thought about that too, and I also thought about the Chiefs. I tried to throw together a um, a Ceh CMC swap of some kind, but PFF seemed to value Ceh like miles ahead of CMC, which I don't understand, but. I mean, I get it. You know, CEH still has a lot of career ahead of him, you know. So, Jets. I know. I saw, I thought about the Jets. I, I mean, they almost gave the money to Tyreek. Maybe they would give the money. I think to they him. like, I, I do, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I do think they like Michael Carter. Um, mm-hmm. So, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I, I was just spitballing with them. Yeah. I know some of my, some of my Jets friends will uh, we're, we're talking about AJ Brown <laughs> as a possibility. That would be very interesting. But I think the Jets pairing him up with Elijah Moore. Those dudes are like best friends, so makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. And they almost gave that money to the other wide receiver, Tyree Kill. So right, like you said. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the last trade that we got uh, potential blockbuster to happen. And <laughs> Jaden, you're gonna hate me after I say this, bro. I I hope you're still tuning in. But um, so it is Baker Mayfield, and I've got the Steelers receiving Baker Mayfield, and I've got the Browns receiving a 2022 this year's first and third round picks from the Steelers, and then a 2023 and a 2024 fourth round pick. So Steelers get Baker Mayfield, they give away their first round pick, their third round pick in this year draft, uh, this year's draft and two fourth-rounders for the next two years. What do you think? Very, very interesting to see if they would go, you know, within division and 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 give Baker a second chance in Pittsburgh. Oh, man, the revenge that would be on his mind <laughs> every time he were to go to Cleveland or play Cleveland, just I can only envision that. Um, first and third, I don't see – I don't see Baker getting a first round pick return. I, I just I know I, if you look at if you look at Carson and what he got, um, it makes sense. But the thing, the reason I threw it in there is like if you are thinking about taking a quarterback in the first round, like some Steelers fans are speculating, Baker Mayfield is probably better when healthy. Unlike he was last year, he's probably better than every single prospect in this year's draft. Yeah, uh, I would say that for sure. Um, I would say that that Baker is better than Kenny Pickett, Malik Wills, Desmond Ritter, Matt Crow, Sam Howe, all those guys. Yeah, I would I would absolutely exactly. say that. He's so better. if you're going to spend but, that first round pick on a quarterback anyway, why not? Why not get and quarterbacks like quarterbacks are quarterbacks. Like you see the price that um, Carson Wentz for, but what did uh, Baker Mayfield's 
Uh, is he younger than Carson Wentz? I'm pretty positive he's younger than Carson yes. Wentz. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's a Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. Where's that guy? <laughs> um, Lamar ja- and Lamar Jackson. That was that whole quarterback draft class. Yeah. So you've got potential still left in Baker. So the price tag is going to be a little bigger. And I think it makes right. sense. I mean, they're going to – the price for quarterbacks, especially guys who are still early on in their careers, is going to be high. Like, for an operating quarterback in the NFL. And if this offseason has proven anything, it's that quarterbacks go for big-time price tags. So, it's... Quarterbacks are premium, for sure. It's not like they're giving up multiple first-round picks. And like I said, if they're going to spend it on a quarterback anyway, why not Baker Mayfield? Does that change your thought process at all? I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, But I I just... (laughs) You make the Carson Wentz comparison and, like... Carson Wentz wasn't like, I want to leave Indy. I'm ready to get out of here. Yeah. A team went and got him. It's a different situation where Baker's like, I want to get out of here. And the trade leverage is in the same. Exactly. Teams know that Baker wants to get out of Cleveland. So they're going to be like, "Um, well, I'm not going to give like, they're basically going to say like, I'm not going to give you a first rounder because I know that you, you are more desperate to get rid of him than I am to get Mm -hmm. him. Yeah, no, I and, think that makes and, a lot of and, sense. And as we get closer and closer to the draft, the more desperate the Browns will be to get rid of him. Jaden just said Buffalo. Um, I'm not sure what that is alluding to. Um, maybe Baker to Buffalo? No, maybe backup? maybe it was uh, CMC. When yeah, we were talking. I brought up. Uh, yeah, they don't have the cap. We were talking about the cap space. Yeah, they don't have the cap. Yeah, that, that, that was the thing. Because yeah. um, Buffalo was one of the first teams that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Secretary and Zach Moss, I was like, yeah. Yeah, the Chiefs came to my mind. They got him. If they got him to pair with Josh Allen and Diggs and Gabriel Davis, man. If the Chiefs can get – if the, I think CMC – because Buffalo, I feel like they already have the weapons. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's not true. Uh, but I feel I don't know. I could see CMC in a Chiefs jersey. Like they're looking for that pass catching back. It hasn't worked out with CMC, eh, CEH. So – and you're missing Tyreek Hill. So if you can get the Panthers to eat some of that contract, and the same thing with Buffalo. If you can get the Panthers to eat some of that contract, you can go either of those places, maybe. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I mean, him on the Chiefs, man, that'd be that'd be pretty wild. That would put them right back into the upper echelon. Of, I mean, they're still there, but like into that premier category that they've been in. You get what you thought you were going to get out of CEH and CMC. Right. You know. Uh, we got a comment from Tyler D. Walls. You know any Tyler D. Walls? Oh, shit. Yeah, my boy Wallsy. What's up? Uh, he said, I think you waste Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, if you bring in CMC, plus the injury concern. Um, I totally, like, I get that. I think there's room, I mean. That's kind of what I was saying, There's room too, for like, a lot which... of running backs at San Fran, dude. Like, that's been proved time and time again. There is plenty of room for plenty of work in that backfield right but what exactly so why would you want to spend that kind of money on a guy that you might not utilize as much because your running game is what you put your stamp on that's your that's your main strength so putting most of the money towards the running back position makes a lot of sense um and elijah they played two different styles elijah mitchell is more of an in between the tackles kind of guy and cmc gets injured when he's trying to run between the tackles so you can kind of offset the two you know, I think Elijah Mitchell had a decent amount yeah, of no, catches. Yeah, no, he did. He did. You're right. 
I think from last year. I was like, I think that he is more of a pass catching back than you might think. He's but, definitely like um, he's definitely got his pass, but he is definitely more of an in between the tackles guy than CMC is for sure. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for the comment, by the way, Wallace, or the 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 the, the, the remark, I guess you can say. <laughs> and he finished it off with, as a Rams fan, I like to see Debo go. But he's what makes them scary. Yeah, I would want to see Debo yeah. leave that fucking division too, man. <laughs> right. Well, and that's what we were talking about is basically what you're doing is you're trading Debo for Christian McCaffrey. That's essentially what you're looking at in that situation. And you're looking at, once again, a guy that you, you're just going to do everything you can to get him the ball. And if it's not Debo, then it's probably CMC. I mean, those, both those guys, they do very similar things for their respective offenses. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, so we're sitting at uh, an hour 30 right now. Um, do you want to do the preseason, uh, pre-draft season predictions and run through it, or do we want to? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll rapid fire uh, how we're feeling real quick. Yeah, sweet. Sounds good to me. All right, man. Let's dive into – hold on. We got a text from Jaden. Oh. They're commenting on the trades and stuff. I don't feel like reading through the chat. What are they saying, man? Tell me. He said, Jaden, uh, I don't know. Jaden said the highest most people are saying is for a second right now. For Baker? And if the demand isn't there, it's probably third. Yeah, that's what I was trying to tell you. I told you the first the first round pick for Baker, I do not think is going to happen. Says the guy who's throwing <clears throat> out Mac Jones as the MVP candidate to stay hot take-ish, man. What, you ca- I can't do the same thing? Come on, man. Oh, you wait till you hear, you wait till you hear my hot take that I'm going to come up with for, oh, uh, for this season. Oh, shit. All right. Let's dive into it, man. Without further ado, we have our pre-draft season predictions. Way too early predictions, if you will. That's what that's going to be in the title. I've already thought about it. Way too early predictions, but it's, it's never too early, man. It's fucking football. We, we got to get hyped somehow, you know? And we got uh, a lot of it starting to fall into place. I mean, we got free agency out of the way, so how much... I mean, the draft will affect it a lot, but not too much, you know. So, all right. So, our MVP pick for next year. You can go ahead first, man. What you got? I am going with Justin Herbert as my MVP for next year. I love the weapons that he has now. Um, I don't see any way that he doesn't flourish. And... I, I just I, I think that another year in that offense is only going to help him. Um, I think their defense got better too, which is only going to help him as well because obviously their offense was able to put up points. You add Allen Robinson to that mix, and then you add J.C. Jackson on the defensive side, healthy Dermot James, Joey Bosa, Not Allen Robinson, Khalil Mack, um, Khalil Mack, the other LA. I mean they've 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 got things put in place to am i i think that they're going to win the afc west next year mm. um and i think that they're going to be the number one team in the afc i think it's going to be them or the the guy that you might have as your mvp um one of those two teams is, is going to be the one seed in the afc nice i like it i like the herbert pick i uh, can't argue with that my guys very much align with that thinking and it is josh allen and i say that because dude watching a lot of football last year as we all did I can confidently say by the end of the year, Josh Allen was a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes, just as a general quarterback. I mean, the things that he was doing at the end of the year, he should have won that game. Um, It was unbelievable. I could not believe what I was seeing. And obviously, Patrick's got his own thing, but Patrick just lost his main guy. 
Tyreek. So it's going to take some time. Like, I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is nothing without Tyreek Hill, obviously, but it's going to take him a year to adjust. So I think Patty falls out of that race. Um, I like Herbert, but Josh Allen looked clearly like the best quarterback in the NFL last year by the end of the year. So I'm going to go Josh Allen as my MVP. All right. The other guy, yeah. I the other guy I would really keep an eye on um, that I think is going to end up in the top three for MVP um, is Lamar. I think Lamar is going to have a really good season. Um, I think that getting running Stanley back is going to be huge. I think one of the most underrated signings of the offseason was them signing Morgan Moses. I think it is a great fit for him. I think that I know that they lost Bozeman. Um, but I think the Ravens with a healthy Ronnie Stanley getting Dobbins back in the backfield. Uh, I, I, I love Lamar's chances at, you know, being up there with the best when it comes down to it at the end of the year, as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. I mean, he's proved he can win an MVP once and he at times last year looked like an MVP quarterback, uh, for a while, the leading contender. So definitely could do it again with a healthy team all around him. You know, what's really wild. Mm -hmm. All those names we just mentioned all AFC. I know. It's, I can't, I don't even think about the NFC when I'm thinking about the NFL anymore. I mean, it's like an ancient, like, conference. Like, it's just gone. You think Deshaun Watson could uh, contend for MVP? No. Because I think, I think the running game is going to still. I know. I think that running game is still going to have, I I think he'll be great. But I think that running game is still going to have a lot to do with the offense in Cleveland. And he won't be able to win the MVP because he won't be able to put the team on his back by himself, you know. For sure. For yeah. sure. Guy like Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, on the other hand, yes. All right. Let's move on to our dark horse team, a team that we like to be sneaky good this year. And I'll go ahead and give my first one. And you got some different, uh, differing. Uh, how about we go ahead and then uh, say our dark horse team and our overhyped team, and we'll just do that together. So, right, yeah, go for it. All right. So I've got as my dark horse team, I've got the Miami Dolphins, man. That team outside of the quarterback position is set up like a Super Bowl roster right now. I mean, they've brought arguably the fastest wide receiver core in the history of football right now. And then you've got Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, two extremely fast guys in the backfield. I mean, this Mike McDaniel offense is going to be exciting to watch. It just all, and the defense has been set up to be great for a couple of years now. Um, the only question is quarterback Tua. But as I mentioned earlier, in a Mike McDaniel offense, in a 49ers style offense, he's not going to be asked to do a whole ton. He's going to do the bare minimum. A lot of it's going to be about creating space for Jalen Waddle and Debo Samuel to run. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be very similar to that 49ers offense. So it'll be similar to the production that Jimmy G put up and Jimmy G, I mean, at times he lost games to the 49ers, but most of the time he wasn't in a position to either win or lose the game for the team. So that's my dark horse team. And then my overhyped team is the Broncos, man. And I say this because I, I was a huge fan of the Broncos for a while initially after the Russell Wilson news, but Russell Wilson was not good when we saw him at the end of last year. Granted, he was not healthy, uh, I guess. But, I mean, he was healthy enough to come back and play. Um, But he's an older quarterback. Um, I don't think he's going to have, like, an MVP-esque season by any means. Um, And the offense, like, the team around him is not as good as, well, 
the receiver weapons for sure are not as good as he had in Seattle. Um, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, they're great, but they're no DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, you've got the running back and you've got the defense, but yeah, I think the I think the Broncos. Eh, as far as the, I think they'll be good, but I think they're way overhyped. I don't think they're going to be any kind of Super Bowl running team or anything like that. So, all right, man, go ahead and give me your dark horse and overhyped team, and you're going to go ahead and shit on the Dolphins real quick. <laughs> yep, they are my overhyped team. Um, I'm still, you know, it remains to be seen when it comes to Tua uh, as to whether or not I'm a believer. I'm still not a believer in Tua. Um, it's going to obviously take a big year this year for me to be a believer in Tua. Um, but schedule, you know, they have a pretty difficult schedule. So you obviously have the Bills, Patriots, Jets home and away then your other games at home are the browns the steelers you know we'll see what happens with the quarterback situation there the vikings and the texans so the texans i will say yes are, are should be wins but then you've got the patriots vikings steelers which could be toss-up games and then the browns packers and bills i think are in that upper echelon of, of teams that you're going to play the away games Bills, Patriots, Jets, like we said, but they play the Ravens on the road, the Bengals on the road, the Bears, you know, I'll probably give them that win. But hey, in Chicago, depending on when that game is, if it's Miami going from sunny Miami to, you know, Chicago in December, could be interesting. The Lions will probably win that, but then they also have the Chargers and the 49ers. So you've got Chargers, 49ers, Packers, Steelers, Browns, Bills twice, uh, Vikings, Ravens, Bengals. I mean, it's a difficult schedule, and that's why I think that they're going to end up flopping. And the reason being is because you got to imagine that the Bills are going to win that division. Then you've got to look at the other divisions in the NF in, in the AFC, and you're going to have probably what three teams from the AFC West. Yeah, I would, I would, I would, and then how many teams from the AFC North? With the Ravens, the Browns, the Bengals, yeah. and the Steelers. Dude, I don't even think the Ravens make the playoffs, man. That's kind of my oh, hot do. take. I think, oh, that, I think the Ravens are going to win that division. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, that's kind of like, – that's hot take-ish. That's hot take-ish for sure. But I think I think the off-the-field stuff with Lamar and him negotiating his own contract is going to fuck with him a little bit this year. Like, I mean, he's playing – for his own value, and he's negotiating it himself. So the pressure literally couldn't be. But Lamar Jackson is built different, so maybe he's going to handle it better than most people. <laughs> do you think the Titan? Do you think the Titans and Colts both make the playoffs? I don't think the Colts make the playoffs. No, you don't think the Colts make the playoffs? Really? So before me and Tyler were so rudely interrupted by some blue screens that I was getting up on my laptop in the middle of the stream. So we had to shut the stream down a little early, but just wanted to put, we were discussing before we got cut off, um, our overhyped teams for 2022 and our dark horse teams for 2022. And we gave those right before we got cut off and we were going to do our hot takes right after that. And I just wanted to read off our hot takes just to put it out there in the universe for it to be on record and for us to look back on our hot takes after the season, which will be fun to do. But um, yeah, so I've got Tyler's hot takes right here. I'll read them off for you. Uh, first one, Vikings make the NFC championship. There you go. Uh, the second hot take Tyler has, Bengals miss the playoffs after making the Super Bowl this past season. That's, that's a good one. 
And then the third one, the Lions will win more games than the Cardinals this year, which looks almost pretty likely with the news about Kyler Murray coming out just yesterday that he's not going to play until he gets that new contract. So solid hot takes from Tyler there. Um, I will go ahead and read mine off now. Uh, so first hot take that I have, this is this is the definition of a fucking hot take, but it's Tua will finish top five in passing yards in the NFL this year among quarterbacks. Uh, that's that's pretty hot. Take it how you want. Um, but these next two are a little bit more realistic. I like these a lot. Uh, my second hot take, Carson Wentz will win comeback player of the year, and he will be in the MVP race at some time during this year. Now, am I saying he's going to win MVP? Am I saying he's going to be in the race firmly throughout the year? No, but I think he will be playing at an MVP level at some point this season and will be in talks to win MVP. Um, so, yeah, Carson Wentz, comeback player of the year. And then my third one, which I also like a lot, uh, Mitchell Trubisky plays well in the black and gold this year in Pittsburgh. It stays the quarterback longer than a lot of people expect. Uh, not high expectations for Mitchell this year, um, but I think, I mean, they've been operating with Ben Roethlisberger just fine for the past two or three years, and Trubisky can only be an upgrade over what Roethlisberger has been playing like these past two or three years. And this is a team that just two years ago was the only undefeated team in the league for a long time. So I think Mitchell Trubisky is only an upgrade, and I think he does a lot better than people are expecting this year. I think he plays well in Pittsburgh. I think he fits well in Pittsburgh. And then I think he stays the quarterback there longer than a lot of people will expect, maybe a couple years beyond this. So, yeah, those are my hot takes. Put hot, uh, Tyler's hot takes out there as well. So it'll be fun to look back on these <laughs> once uh, once the season's over, halfway through the season or something like that. So we've got some draft content coming out next week. So get hyped for that. Uh, keep an eye out for notifications about our episodes. Um, we'll put them out on Instagram. But until then, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.